0: doing today praise the Lord I'm so happy to be at church today what a beautiful presence of the Lord and and excitement in the air and it's so great to see some new faces so welcome to faith builders I don't know pastor Paul said this earlier but if you don't have a church on we say Welcome home. We're a church that will love you back to life. Aren't you thankful for that? Um, We do have this Sunday, our welcome home class, which is our membership class. And if you have not gone through that yet, we would love for you to sign up for that. You're gonna learn about the history of the church. You're gonna learn why it's important to belong to the church and uh, find your place to serve in the local church, amen. So you can sign up online for that. We're doing it next Sunday, say next Sunday. So don't forget to sign out. We do it after church. We feed you a little lunch, stick around for about an hour or so, maybe a little longer. And uh, we're gonna have you find your place in this church. Amen. I also want to announce, we are starting our young adults on this coming Friday night, the 23rd. And uh, so if you are 18 to 30, um, I just encourage you to come on out, you can sign up online for it, or you can just show up Friday night. Um, If you sign up online, we can get you all the detailed information, but we're doing what's called a Night with PB. So y'all get, a, y'all get a night with me whether you like it or not, but I heard that you guys are okay with that. I'm not too old yet. Hallelujah. So we're just going to hang out. Um, I'm going to share some things with you. I want to hear from you. What's your heart? Where do you feel God's taking your generation? What would you like to see in the local church? I also just felt like the Lord said he wants you to know that he sees you and uh, we're and I see you. If God sees you, hallelujah, I'm making an intention to see you. So we're going to have a good time. We have some coffee and desserts and just hang out and Um, uh, just get to know each other a little bit amen I'm super excited about that well I have been on a series uh, knowing your authority or heaven's perspective uh, talking about spiritual authority last week I took a little deviation from it this week I'm literally jumping out of it is that okay we'll probably come back and visit it again but I woke up about three nights ago and I heard the Lord say tell my people to draw near to me i mean it was just so clear tell them to draw near to me and so i know that you're here today because god has you here for this word because he woke me up in the middle of the night to encourage you tonight and so my excuse me this morning so my message it may be a couple weeks is called peace of mind i believe god wants to give you some peace of mind here this morning that there's a lot of angles the enemy is coming at right now There's a lot of attacks coming, and it's not just like one way. How many can say there's many ways the enemy's coming right now? And like the enemy just doesn't come in in one little thing. It's like he comes with an onslaught. And I've always said when the enemy is coming so hard, we need to say thank you, Jesus, because you are hovering over the will of God. Because if you weren't hovering over a breakthrough or if you weren't hovering over a new season or the blessings of God, the enemy would be leaving you alone. But because these, there's little arrows and these little things, the enemies are sometimes big things, um, I believe you're hovering right over the place God wants you to be, amen? So it's called peace of mind. My, my topic today is this, heal my anxious mind. I believe God really wants to talk to some anxiety in our heart today some things that we're struggling with. The word anxiety is things that we may be worried about, nervous about, or have an unease about. There's so many things in life today that we could be worried about. Somebody say amen. Just if you turn on the news for 10 minutes, don't you just get this gut-wrenching feeling? It just like steals your joy away immediately. There's these things that are happening, and God wants us, and I'm gonna show you today through his word, how to work through the anxious thoughts and settle into the will of God. Amen? How many's ready for that? All right, you sound ready, praise the Lord. James 4:7. let's look at the word of God. This, this portion of scripture is talking about a humility that cures worldliness. Let me say this again a humility that cures worldliness now when i talk about worldliness you may immediately go to the things of the world the sin the compromise and definitely that's a big part of it but i don't want to miss the point of the scripture that worldliness could be the things that the enemy's throwing at us the thoughts of insecurity the thoughts of fear the thoughts of how am i going to pay my bill Bills, how am I gonna feed my children? What's happening in the world today? Single people, I'm never gonna find someone. You know, there's all these anxious thoughts. In order to find the peace of God, you have to first humble yourself to God. And that's not always easy to do when you're in an anxious state of mind, when anxiety is taking over your heart. So let's look at Psalms 4:7. It says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So do you see how important it is that we have to submit to God and say, God, I'm having this anxious thoughts. Maybe some are overwhelming. Maybe some are just taking your breath away. Maybe some are so discouraging that it's just really eradicated your faith and your hope that God can do what he said he could do. And maybe some of you are on smaller scales. Anxiety can have such a huge spectrum. But in whatever place that you're facing anxiety today, we have to submit it to God and go, God, I am feeling anxious about some things. It's okay to get real with God that you're going through some anxious thoughts and and some fear and some what is God doing and why isn't God doing some things. It's okay to get real with God. I know in, even in the ministry and, and things that come against the ministry here or in my personal life, there can be this strong feeling of unusual anxiousness, like, God, what are you doing? There's, there's a sense of insecurity in maybe what you're called to do or um, unprepared for what God's called you to do. There's definitely things that come against me as a pastor that try to get me anxious and steal away peace and joy from our hearts. There's things that are weights on our shoulders. We're carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders. We're carrying the struggles that life is bringing at us, our family situations. If you're a director in the church, you're you're carrying the ministry on our shoulders. And there's these weights that are weighting down our shoulders and we're wondering why we aren't running the race of faith and joy because we don't realize the burdens that we are carrying. And I'm gonna show you today how to get rid of those burdens so that you can enter into the peace of mind that God has called you to be in, to live in, to dwell in. Do you know that no matter what comes against you, you can live in a peace of state of mind all the time? Even though anxiousness and situations want to blindside you, and sometimes they take our breath away, those are assignments of the enemy. And we have the ability to grab those things, get in control, and walk in the peace of God. But I think what happens is maybe someone has told you, or maybe the enemy has told you, that you shouldn't have anxiety. I mean, you're a believer in Christ. You follow Jesus. We're born again. We'll filled with the Spirit. So you don't have to have anxiety. And that can put us in a place of bondage, can it? God gave us emotions. They are a beautiful thing. They can be an outlet of what we're going through. We don't live in them, but God gave us our emotions. And so if you're feeling these anxious thoughts, we need to bring them into captivity, amen? And I'm gonna show you how to do that this morning. But have you ever just shared anybody what, to someone what you're going through? Like maybe you opened up your heart and you're like, man, I'm going through this and I'm feeling that, and, and the enemy is hitting me there. And they're like, well, you better get the joy of the Lord. And they kind of just throw like maybe Philippians 4, 4 at you. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Now, that's a powerful scripture verse, isn't it? But there's times when we're in those anxious state of minds that that's the last thing I want to hear. I don't want to hear somebody throw a, you know, rejoice in the Lord always. Yes, that's a truth. But when we're overwhelmed with situations, when somebody says that to us, and they're kind of throwing a legalistic approach of God's promises at us, it deflates us. It can hurt us. It can make us angry because you're like, really? I'm not supposed to be anxious about nothing? Like, that's a pretty powerful place to be, isn't it? Now, is it truth? Absolutely. Is it what the word of God says? Yes, but our place is to find peace in the middle of the storm and find God's promises so that I'm not walking in the law of the word, but I'm walking in the freedom of his grace to go through what I'm going through because my feelings are very real. What are we going through? Many things in life. You all probably have 10 or five or 10 things that you're going through personally. You're raising your children. There may be marital issues, health challenges, job stresses, inflation. If anybody has gone to the grocery store recently. Wow. Those are some things that are very real in the world that we're going through. So just to dismiss well, you shouldn't have anxiety is not really the answer. How do I not have anxiety? How do I walk in the peace of God in this trial that I am facing every day? Because your prayer partner will end that call and go about their day, but you're still facing what you're facing. And you have to find your answer of God's peace in the middle of that anxious moment, amen? So I wanna encourage you today, you're not alone. Say, I'm not alone, hallelujah. Don't look to the partner next to you, but they're anxious about some stuff too. They may put on a great shout and a great praise and look all pretty in church, but every one of us have something that is troubling our heart, amen? In 2019, it said this, this was 2019, two out of three Americans said they were anxious or extremely anxious, two out of three. That was 2019. That was before the whole world changed. Imagine what that is today. It's probably every one of us in this room. We are still suffering the the, uh, results of how this world changed and we really don't even know how to live or to walk. So another statistic said 91% of high school and college students report consistent and significant levels of anxiety associated with stress. Why? Because this generation doesn't know what's ahead of them. They don't know the plans and the purposes of God. They don't know if there's time or a place. And so they're anxious every day. What is going on in the world I live in? Where do I fit in this crazy world? So I believe God wants to heal your anxious mind today. Are you ready? So we're gonna look at a powerful example that I feel according to scripture that is found in 2 Chronicles 20, and we'll put that up there in just a minute. But this is the leader Jehoshaphat. Now, if you've ever studied the kings in the Bible, I went through this study of, I just wanted to know all the kings so you can read First and Second Kings. Were they a good king, did they follow God, or were they a bad king and followed idols? And it's so incredible to see like these good kings that followed God, and they would raise up children that would put the idols back into place. Place again and then their children would tear down all the idols and and raise up God again it's just pretty interesting to see but Jehoshaphat was one of the best kings that we know about he faithfully followed God and I want you to get that because in this room or watching online you probably are faithfully following God you're doing your very best to honor God to hear his voice to obey him and yet we still find ourselves in some trouble And we think that because well, I've been doing things right, I shouldn't find myself in trouble. And that's just not the case because we live in a world that has constant contention. And I'll share with you, the enemy is always coming against us, right? But this man followed God. And what we'll read in this story is that Judah, the tribe of Judah, had four, was it, excuse me, three nations, enemy nations, that were sent on an assignment. They teamed up together to attack Judah. These nations were Moabites, Ammonites, Meunites, and mosquito bites. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm just seeing if you were awake. I just threw that in there. Think about this. Here's Judah. Now, what does Judah mean? Praise. The tribe of Judah was the praise and worship team. What does the enemy want to do? Steal your joy, steal your praise, steal your shout. If he can get your mouth, to stop declaring the wondrous works of God, he can win the battle. Now, these three nations, they were on an assignment and guess what? They came to attack. These nations did not come up, show up to play games. They didn't come up and say, well, let's see what we can do against Judah. They collaborated together, three nations with mighty armies to take down one nation, Judah. Isn't that how it is when the enemy comes? It's like it does not one thing comes. It's like the car breaks down. I, I lose my job. I can't pay my bills. I'm getting behind. I can't catch up. And it's like this onslaught. It's not just one thing that I probably could overcome, but all of a sudden I have a plethora of things that are coming against me intentionally. Listen, the enemy comes, he has one mission. That's it, to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his mission statement. And he knows it well, and he executes it well. And when there are many things coming at you all around, you have to recognize that assignment is intentional. It is coming to wipe you out. It is coming to steal your joy. It's coming to remove people from the body of Christ. It's coming to break up friendships with with strife and division. It's coming to break up marriages that seem irreconcilable. It's bigger than who you are. That is the enemy. And here's Judah facing this intentional attack of these three nations. And we're going to experience and read a little bit about what he went through and what he faced. I do want to, as it empathize with you, that I know we're in trying times right now. Not only in natural circumstances with the economy and all of that, but we are in intense spiritual warfare. The enemy is coming from our top nation, capital, all the way down. There is an antichrist spirit in our world that wants to wipe believers out, wipe the word of God out, wipe the the morality of God's word out. This is not a small thing that we're facing in the world today. This is an onslaught. These are nations rising against the bride of Jesus Christ. We have to recognize it. This is beyond political power. This is beyond political parties. I must, if you can't see that now, we need to really pray the eyes of our spirits be open because we are not facing political parties. It's way beyond that. This is demonic control and agenda of the enemy to wipe out the church of Jesus Christ. I'm not even supposed to be preaching this today, so don't get me wound up. Stop doing it. <laughs> we have to realize what, why are you facing what you're facing because the enemy wants to wipe out everything that identifies Christ. God. Anything that's in the nature of Christ, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the breathed breathe, breathe word of God, the enemy wants to say and do just the opposite. It's a spirit that we're facing, amen? So, anxiety. So, let's look at what happened. Um, let's see where I'm at here. Thank you, Jesus. Number one, my point is today anxiety is not a sin. Get that in your heart. Anxiety is not a sin. There's not something wrong because you're feeling anxious thoughts. It's a normal emotion of our soul. If you look at scripture, Jesus was facing the cross. Now he was not afraid of the cross. He wasn't intimidated of the cross. The Bible says he laid his life down. But when he was in the garden of Gethsemane, he was so anxious in his emotions and his thoughts. Why? Because he didn't wanna be separated from his father. He knew the sin would be upon him, and he was anguished. He said, he cried out, if there's any other way. And you could say, well, that was Jesus and the cross, but Jesus is facing something he didn't wanna face. You need to see that in your own personal life. You're facing things, I don't wanna face this, Jesus. I don't wanna be going through this. I don't know why I'm going through this. If there's any other way, please let there be another way. How many, we know we serve a great big God, don't we? He has a cattle cattle on a thousand hills. He's really rich. He can do something just like that. And Jesus is facing this emotional thing where we're going, God, I know you can do it. I know that you are able and I don't know why it's not happening. Is there any other way you can give this miracle to me? And Jesus was facing the same thing. He said, is there any other way but separation? And then what did Jesus say after that? But, not my will, but your will be done. What do we see? Jesus submitted to the Father. When we're going through anxious thoughts, God, I don't know why I'm going through this. I don't know how I got here. I don't know how I'm going to get out of it. But God, I trust you at your word. I know, God, you're gonna make a way where there seems to be no way. I know that you have answers that I don't have answers for. I know you have a miracle. I'm gonna submit to God, resist the devil of anxiety, so that he will flee from my life. Amen? Anxiety is not a sin. Jesus faced it. I want want you to get this in your hearts today. Anxiety is not a sin, it's a symptom. Anxiety is a signal. When you've gotten to the place where anxiety has taken over and it's bigger than you and you're overwhelmed and you're worried at night and you're waking up worried in the morning and you're wringing your hands, how is this going to happen and what's happening to my children? It's the signal of the Holy Spirit saying, ah, something's off right now. It's not that you're wrong, but you've gotten yourself to a place that now your emotions are attached so deeply to what you're going through, you can't see what I'm doing. It's just a signal. So when I start to feel that, you ever just wake up and you got this gut feeling, and you're like, where's that, why do I feel that Why?" And you just trace it back to something, you got a bill in the mail, and all of a sudden you're overwhelmed about it. That's anxiety. That's a signal saying, Barb, somewhere your faith is overwhelmed about this. Somewhere you're troubled about somebody in the church and what they're going through. Somewhere you're carrying something you're not supposed to be carrying. That's a signal. That's not wrong. When you drive a car and the signal goes off, there's something that says, you know, change your oil in your car. Okay, so I was 16 and got my... My car. My dad got me this darling, I think it was like a 1968 Chevy Nova. It was green, it had a white rag top, and I called her Rusty Ann for a reason because she had a lot of rust on her. But it was my girl, you know, and I was so happy and I loved my car. But the oil light came on. There was a signal saying, uh, Barb, open the cap, buy a 25 cent thing of oil. Yes, back in the day, they were only 25 cents. I am that old. I went in with Quinn to buy windshield solvent for her car because she's addicted to windshield solvent. We're going to pray for her. (laughs) Anyway, just kidding. And I'm like, oh, I said, Quinn, go ahead and buy one here at this shop. They're only like 99 cents. And the guy's like 99 cents. It hasn't been 99 cents for like 15 years. I'm like, what? It's like five bucks for some liquid to clean your windows. (laughs) That's crazy. I don't even know where I'm going with this. Oh, signal. (laughs) So there's signals that go off. Well, I can't believe my car signal came on. I'm so overwhelmed about that oil. Oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm gonna do when really all I gotta do is pull up to a store, buy some oil, open the cap. If I have to Google it, y'all have YouTube today. I didn't have that privilege. I had to go to a gas station, show me, and you just pour it in, solves the problem but we get caught up in the signals. We get caught up in the things that are causing anxiety. And guess what? I ignored the red light. I did it many times. I filled it up many times. It was, you know, it killed, um, it was an old car. So it ate up the oil, obviously. One day I decided just to ignore it. I'm like, it can't be that big of a deal. (laughs) I'll just ignore it and ignore it. And guess what? One day I'm turning the corner, and the car's like, blew the whole transmission up in that bad boy. Thank God my uncle was a car mechanic and, you know, got it done for me. But I'm saying there's these warning signs. And what are we doing? We're ignoring them. God's like, wait a minute. This is about to wipe you out. Wait a minute. This is stealing your joy. Hey, there's some signals going. You better get help for your marriage and not do it on your own. You better get some prayer and agreement. You better go into fasting and prayer. There's some things that the anxiety is signaling to you, but we're paying more attention to the signal, this anxiety, than we are the way to fix it. There's a way to fix it. It's just a symptom, aren't you so glad? What does that mean when you have this signal, that anxiety, number one, I'm gonna give you three this morning. It's time to pray. It's not a time to ignore it and hope it goes away and wish for the best and come to church and get a good worship service. That's all awesome. I will tell you, I called this church to two weeks of prayer, which I wish we'd have done more because man, our two Wednesday nights have been powerful. I'm so proud of the young generation that stepped up to the mic. And I, I tell you, I'm just so excited. But I felt a anxiety in the church. I felt something, it was more than I wanted to carry. And I said, I'm not gonna pray alone. We're calling the church to corporate prayer. The signal said, Barb, you're anxious about some things. The resolve was, you better pray. And we did, we came together and we prayed and we walked and we declared some things. And I believe you're here today because those prayers answered the atmosphere of heaven, amen? So it's time to pray. We have to take our cares to God. So let's look at what Jehoshaphat did, because remember, we're talking about the three nations that came against him. Verse three of 2 Chronicles 20, I believe, yes. Jehoshaphat Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news he was terrified the thought of these nations coming against him was terrifying it means he was dreading it a sick feeling in his gut he wasn't prepared for what the enemies were about to do to him he was terrified by this news and he begged the Lord for guidance What did he do? He sets himself aside to say, Lord, what are you going to do in this situation? He humbled himself in his terrified position. I know when your emotions are high and you're you're going through anxiety and you're overwhelmed, the last thing you want to do is talk to God. But you have to be willing to say, God, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm struggling with. And he begged the Lord, I need your voice. When we walked and prayed for two Wednesdays, I didn't know the spiritual resolve. I didn't know what was happening, coming against us. I don't know what we were rerouting. I just knew we were supposed to pray. And thank God I won't know because the enemy was rerouted. So taking that time to pray is literally getting ahead of the enemy, rerouting the plans and the assignment because the warning sign was here and we took motion as I felt it and now God eradicated things in the spirit and I believe that. He said, Lord, I need you. I need your voice. How many need the voice of God? You need the plan of God. You need the purposes of God. You need to hear what God is saying in this season because with that one word from God can change the whole trajectory of what you're facing. You only need one little word from God, but we're so involved with the anxiety we're not setting ourselves aside to hear what God has to say. And I love this. He also, let's keep going. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. Woo! Jehoshaphat did what I did. I ain't doing this alone, hallelujah. We're gonna do this together. That's why we called the prayer. And guess what? Maybe you need to call a fast in your life. If you don't have a revelation of fasting, get some, there's amazing teachers out there. There's some great you know, word of faith Bible teachers. There's a lot of craziness out there. If you need some recommendations, let me know. But find out what the word says on fasting because it breaks the strongholds of the enemy. It removes the unbelief in you. It removes the fear in you. So he called everyone, listen, we're facing something greater and I'm afraid of it. And he's like, I can't do this alone. So he called everybody to a fast. That's a powerful breaking weapon of the enemy. And then look what he said in verse six. This was his prayer to God. Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of every nation. Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or the plague or famine, we will stand in your presence. This prayer, and we'll read the rest of it in just a minute, was a prayer of faith. Jehoshaphat did not feel that in his flesh. We just read two verses before that he was terrified. He called everyone to prayer and fasting, but when he made his prayer to God, he acknowledged who God was. He acknowledged that he's the king that sits above all the nations that are trying to come against him. We know that you, I I know you are the God that can move mountains. I know you are the God that can strike the enemy. He moved in faith in his prayers. And he said, I don't care what you bring against me. I don't care what the armies do. I know we will stand in your presence. That's some prayer of faith. Ephesians says, talks about putting on all the armor, all the armor, and then at the very end, you've used every piece of armor. Then what does he say? When you've done all to stand, stand therefore. That's powerful. That's powerful. That means I'm going to stand in the presence of God and watch my God redeem me. I don't know how, but I know that he is God. We will stand, let's keep going, in your presence before this temple that bears your name. And we will cry out to you in our distress and you will hear us and save us. What was he saying? Our cries is going to be the righteous prayer, the prayers of the righteous that availeth much. God says, when you declare my word, it has to go back and and accomplish what it was sent and not be returned to you void. Listen, when you cry out to God through the word of God and the prayer of faith, God will hear you and he will save you. But we can't sit on the sidelines hoping and wishing anymore. We got to get in the game. We gotta get in and lift up our prayers to heaven. We gotta uh, turn off the TV, turn off the music, and start just walking and praying and declaring the word of God over whatever situation is overwhelming your heart. When you're praying the prayer of faith, you're saying, God, I trust you. God, my faith is in you. I will call on the name of the Lord, and he will save us, amen? There's power when you cry out to God. And listen, it doesn't have to be perfect prayers. It doesn't. And you think, well, I don't know how to pray the word. I don't know. It's okay. I I have actually, you can download my prayer uh, confessions. It's literally in first person. Just walk and pray the word of God. It's in first person. And declare that that's prayer. Prayer is the word of God. It's not your much speaking. I have a lot of words to use up. God knows that. I literally told the church Wednesday night, I'm only gonna pray a couple minutes and then I'm opening up the mic. I opened up my eyes and it was 20 minutes later. I'm like, Barb, oh, you don't, I was so mad at myself because there's so many people who wanna pray. I have a lot of words, but that's not prayer of faith. I'm not saying mine wasn't. I'm saying it's you connecting to God, being real with the word of God will shift your life. It'll release miracles, it'll release favor, it'll get you out of this situation of the signal of anxiety. Thank you, Jesus. And that's why January 1 through 21, 21st, we do 21 days of prayer and fasting because that's dedicating the year to the Lord. That's dedicating through prayer and fasting to hear what God is trying to say. Amen? Amen. So when you're doing that, you're you're praying to the Lord God of heaven that are you not God in heaven, right? And and we're going to cry out for help and he hears your cries and he comes to save you. Why do we do that? Why is that important? Because then we don't feel alone. When you're going through your anxiety, you feel alone and by yourself. But when you're talking to God, you know that he is there and he has his heart for you. It's powerful. Amen. Have faith that he will hear the cries of your hearts and he will save you. I don't have time to go into this, but Matthew 6, uh, 25 through 34 should be your anthem of prayer. It should be your anthem every day. Do not worry about your life, what you should eat and what you should wear. Do I not take care of the birds? I'll take care of you even more. Is it going to grow your stature by worrying? I'm like, no, I'm still five foot, hallelujah. (laughs) Thank God it didn't make me shorter. Thank you, Jesus. But it doesn't change it. So you're waking up anxious over something that God's saying, it doesn't change the circumstance anyway. So why not step into faith, amen? There's an alarm that goes off, thank God. But the problem is is when we dwell on the alarm. We're only looking at the problem. We're looking at the anxiety. We're looking at the the fear, amen? The word, uh, it says merino in scripture. I think we have that for the screen. Merino means dwelling or pondering on fearful or anxious thoughts. God has not called us to dwell on fearful and anxious thoughts. It will steal your joy. Not only does prayer touch the heart of God, this is so powerful, not only does prayer touch the heart of God, but prayer changes the chemistry of your brain. And we're gonna look at some of this a little bit. Let me see what page, I'm making sure I'm on the right page because things seem a little wonky up here, okay. When you, and I've taught on this a long time ago, so I'm not gonna go deep into this today, but I feel it's important to bring. You have neural pathways in your brains, and most of you might know this or study this. When you are meditating on the negative thoughts all the time, the anxious thoughts, the things that are overwhelming you, you are training the pathway of your brains. It's actually creating a pathway that that's how you will always think. Think about it, God is the creator of our brain. And the Bible says your mind is enmity with God. Your mind hates the things of God. So the first thing that it will do is begin to create the, the normal way. I'm going to think normal I'm going to, or abnormal. I'm going to think dysfunctional. I'm going to think the abuse of my past. I'm going to nurse and rehearse the problem. You are literally creating a neural pathway of your brain that your brain's first instinct will go to that instead of the promises of God. This has been established in study. This is nothing that, you know, that is new. It's, it's a natural scientific and biblical study. It's natural to think on what could go wrong. That's our first frame of mind, is to think of all the negativity. But we have to have prayer in our life it breaks that cycle of negativity, right? God says, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. That's why he says to renew your mind daily. There's some of us who need to renew our mind minutely and hourly and 90-minutely. I mean, there's just some things we gotta take captive because we're so used to thinking trauma and abuse and and anxious thoughts that our first instinct is not to go to the promises of God. And we've gotta undo those things. Prayer breaks those cycles, amen? Thank you, Jesus. So anxiety is not a sin, it's a signal. Now let's look in 2 Chronicles 20, uh, verse 12 says this. He goes on to say, this is how honest Jehoshaphat is, for we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. He's saying, I have no power for what's coming against me. Don't raise your hands, but how many feel powerless in what you're going through? I feel powerless. I don't know how this is going to change. I don't know how it can get better. Seems like everything's coming against us. He said, I have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. Let me just clarify this once again. What you're going through is an attack. It's an attack from the enemy. Your battle is not against flesh and blood. Your battle is not the circumstance that you're looking at. It's not your boss, it's not the job. Are those the situations? Yes, but that is not the truth. The truth is, it's the attack of the enemy using the things in my life to come against me. Amen. So it's attacking us for we don't know what to do i don't know how to handle it i don't know how to get it all done i don't know if i have what it takes to get through this situation i don't know if i can go on has anybody wanted to just throw in the towel and say i'm done i'm so done this is what jehoshaphat was he said i don't know what to do i'm overwhelmed god but my our eyes are on you I'm validating that I'm afraid and I don't have the answer. When they all show up on the hill, are we gonna be destroyed by the enemy or are we gonna have victory? But he's saying, my eyes are gonna be on you, I'm fixed. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Look unto Jesus, look unto Jesus. We've gotta quit looking at our circumstance and what we're battling and we've gotta look unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of my faith. This may be real, but I can step into Jesus and look unto him who has another plan and another way of action. Jesus is already making a way where there seems to be no way. Jesus is already opening up the doors of opportunity. He's already aligning your life with favor. And when you're looking unto him, now you can see the promises of God. Right? When we're looking unto Jesus, what's it saying? I trust you, God. I'm desperate for you, God. I'm training my mind to think about the character and the nature of God. I'm thinking of his goodness. I'm thinking of his righteousness. I'm thinking of his power. I'm choosing to believe that what his word says for me is true and it will come to pass. I'm believing by faith that God is working everything out for my favor. That's a powerful place to be. Saying, God, I'm hurting, I can't handle it, but I sure do know the future. And I don't know how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, but my eyes are fixed on you. Listen to this. God cares. If it's on your mind, it's on his heart. Let me say it again. If it's on your mind and you're overwhelmed, it is on his heart. And he's already got something set in motion for you in your life. What is 1 Peter 5, 7? Cast all your cares on Jesus because he cares for you. Amen. Anxiety is not a sin. It's a signal inviting you to cry out to the one who can save you. So you pray, praise God. We've been there, right? I've got this anxiety. I pray and I give it to God. Then what do we do? If you're anything like me, you literally go back to the prayer room and you pick up up again and you walk off with the luggage that you just cast at his feet. We do that, don't we? We try to leave it at his feet, but we pick it back up because we want to control it. We want to fix it. We want to make a way. And God's like, no, leave the things at my feet. I need you to trust me. So what do I do? I'm going to leave it at his feet. I'm going to pray. And number two we're going to do is it's time to pause. It's time to pause. Too many of us want to get in this prayer room and get it all fixed, but we don't want to pause. We don't want to stop at his feet. I want you to look or sit at his feet look at what Jehoshaphat did after he did that beautiful faith prayer verse 12 we do not know what to do but our eyes are on you all the men of Judah with their wives and their children and little ones stood there before the Lord now if you're anything like me I am a very like, here's the plan, let's work it, get busy, let's go moving, let's put this in action. I, I'm such a visionary person, and, and if somebody's, I'm like, hey, let's do this, and they're just standing there. You ever give your kids an assignment, like to go clean the room or whatever, and they're just standing there? <laughs> and what do you say? Don't just stand there, go do something. <laughs> Don't just go do something, go play. I'm bored, well, go craft, go do this, do that. Go do something, our instinct is we gotta go do. And in reality, God's like, I don't want you to do anything right now because your busyness is causing you to miss my voice, which is trying to tell you the plan about what I'm about to do so that you can walk into the promise and the breakthrough I have from you. But we don't like the pause. (laughs) So hard, isn't it? You're like, say something baby, <laughs> sweating. We don't like the pause, it's uncomfortable. We wanna know what's next, we wanna control what's next. The pause is necessary. We say, don't just stand there, do something. And sometimes God will say, don't just do something, stand there, sit, sit in my presence. Be still, Pastor Paul said this. All his exhortation was my message. I'm like, Pastor Paul. (laughs) (laughs) You tapped into the anointing. But he's calling us to be still. He's calling us to sit. Pause. But I got. if you ever sat for one minute in your home, what happens? Your to-do list. Something you forgot six months ago, you're like, oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Because the mind doesn't want to rest. The mind fights God. The mind fights peace. Remember, we've trained our mind, do, 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 do. Busy, 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 busy. Fast, 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 pray, pray, pray. All that's wonderful, it's a part of it. But he's saying, be still. And there may be times where he says, I may say nothing to you, but I'm gonna teach you, like a child, how to learn to sit still. This position in my life, learning to sit, has saved my life over and over and over again. Because when I learned to sit and dwell in his presence, I've given it to him already, now I'm just sitting with him. And I'm, I, it's the peace be still, it's the shush to the, the, over, the exaggerate, boisterous waters when the word got up and said, shh. Some of us need to get out of the noise and the, the boisterous winds the, and the anxiety and just sit. And when I've sat in this moment, I've heard God give me a perspective of the situation that was definitely not clear or right in my eyes. I saw people's wrong agenda over me. I saw people's wrong behavior. I saw my anxiety responding, but I've taken time to sit and the Lord shows me, well, that's not their heart. That's not who they are. They're going through something. They're struggling. I have an opportunity now to hear the clear voice of God. You may be struggling in your finances or your marriage. You sit here and say, God, what is it? And I'm not leaving this still place until you speak to me. And you may have to get up, come back and sit down again. Stay in this place until you hear what God has to say. Amen? And it may not be just sitting in a chair all day long. You were like, honey, get out of that chair and go take all the garbage, right? I'm talking about the stillness of your mind. I get up in the morning, I'm doing my hair, I'm, I don't have music on it, I love to listen to the word of God, you know, like teachings, nothing. I need my mind to be still. God, show me hearts, show me your will, show me your way. This has rerouted so much of the attack of enemy where things could have been so bad, because you sit in his presence, God made him so good. But we're so anxious, aren't we? We want to fix it. We want to troubleshoot. We want to blame. We wanna, this is my perspective, and we have tunnel vision on what God is trying to do, but we have a large perspe- perspective of what the devil is doing. You sit down here in this seat, and God gives you one scripture. Yeah, exactly. You're like, what? What, what is that? Scripture could be, I surround you with favor as with a shield. Whoa, I knew that verse, but whoa. Whoa, God, there's a revelation that you want to favor me as a shield around me? That means I can get, I can be bump into the will of God, I can bump into favor, I can bump into promotion, I can bump into increase in my finances because I have favor of God that is like a shield around me. That one word will change that brain in you that has negativity and will now begin to speak the truth of God's word and you can walk with that one scripture that I'm blessed coming in, I'm blessed going out, amen. My feet, everything it touches shall prosper. You have this, you're a lamp into my feet, a light into my path, all of a sudden the faith of God begins to arise and what was bigger than you, now God becomes bigger than the situation. But we gotta learn to pause, amen? You need supernatural guidance in the chair. You need the voice of God in the chair. This is where God starts, this is where God directs, and this is where God ends it, is in the pause. I have made a lot of wrong decisions in the prayer and the emotions a lot but it's in the pause where i'm hopefully hearing what god wants to say in my life amen so listen to this while they waited standing before the lord not battle yet not taking anything in their own hands while they waited the bible says the spirit of the lord came upon jahaziel now you've got the spirit of god now you've got the voice of god and what did he say let's look at uh second chronicles 2015 The voice of God came in that still place. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast enemy, this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but it is God. That's where the truth came. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. When you get that word from God, nobody can mess with you. Nobody can take it. It doesn't matter what natural thing is thrown your way. You know that you know what God said in the still place. Those are, there's some things in the still place that still has me running today with boldness and courage because I knew what the Lord had to say. Don't be afraid. The battle is the Lord's. Face it, he will be with you. Listen, anxiety is not a sin. It's a signal that's alerting you. It's time to pray. It's time to pause, and the third one, I'll close with this. It's time to praise him. It's time to praise him. Jehoshaphat prayed. He believed God. He took the pause, and then God says, you're going to defeat the enemy by your praise. Now, I want you to look at this because I thought it was so interesting. If I'm about to face these three great nations, the last thing I'm going to do is send in the tambourine girl and the mandolin and and the banners. That's all awesome. I love you all, but I'm not sending you out to win this battle. I'm pretty sure this battle's gonna take you all out. If you're like me, like let's put Vin Diesel in the game. Let's put Mark Wahlberg in the game, It is my Hollywood crush, I know. It's sanctified and holy, just so you know. Let's put The Rock in there, you know, Dwayne Johnson. Let's put John Cena in there. Let's put some mighty warriors in the battle. And God's like, uh-uh, I'm not going to do that way. We're going to put a Chris Tomlin to run in to fight these battles. We're going to put in a Carrie Joby. We're going to put in the Faith, Faith Builders Praise Team. We're going to put the praise in the battle. That doesn't make sense. But your praise is warfare. Once you've got your word from God, put on some worship. Jump and shout like nobody is watching you in your living room. You begin to shout the shouts of praise, amen. Listen, they praise before they won the battle. It's easy to praise God after you won the battle. After the devil's been defeated, you can do a shouts of joy. We do like the old Pentecostal. I don't even know how to do it but we do it. But I'm talking about praising Him before those three nations have been destroyed. Praise Him before the bills paid. Praise Him before the marriage is restored. Praise Him before fear and anxiety left you. You praise God. And what happened when they praised God? Something supernatural happened. And those three nations, this is God, God is so cool. Three nations are coming against them unified with their purpose to take out Judah and because of their praise and the process that they went through they begin to turn on each other and destroy one another they couldn't even touch the children of Israel because God had them turn on themselves listen that enemy that's coming against you confusion is coming in the name of Jesus God's gonna reroute that plan and agenda that's causing you anxiety when you praise him God will take he said the battle is mine it belongs to me but I need you to open up your mouth and I need you to shout and I need you to praise me and I need you to thank me and I need you to do a little jig of Thanksgiving because when you do That the enemy's like, Whoa, that's confusing to me. There's no battle plan anymore, there's no agenda. I don't even know which way to go. How many would have loved to see those armies go in mass confusion? Listen, when you praise God, the enemy doesn't know. God begins to turn things around, he begins to reroute things, he begins to have people whisper your name in your ear. Come on, somebody, I don't know what you need, but God says, When you praise me miracles upon miracles upon miracles listen those three nations were so devastated and those miracles were so great that it took them three days to get the pillage from those enemies what the enemy meant for evil in your life he's gonna repay sevenfold return because that's the scriptures of God. When you allow your praise and your shout and your pause and your prayer to manifest, God will give you the triple-fold, seven-fold blessing that you're worried about anyway. He said, it's mine, it's in my hands. Quit trying to control it, quit trying to fix it. There are some things only God can do. It's easy to praise God after the enemy's defeated. It takes faith to praise God before the blessing. It takes faith to praise God before the provision. It takes faith before the anxiety is gone. It takes faith for me to walk and pray and seeing this church three times full. I know it's going to happen. I know it. I know what the Lord, I've been in the pause. But it's the praise before it happens, it's the praise before the miracle. Verse 29, what happened? Because they prayed, they paused, and they praised. They followed God's plan. What happened? Verse 29, the fear of God came on all the surrounding kingdoms when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. And the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace. The whole kingdom was at peace peace what are we looking for peace of mind and the nations were terrified of their god because they prayed they paused and they praised they didn't train their army they didn't get more people for battle they didn't have spiritual exercises or natural exercises they prayed they paused and they prayed Your battle is a spiritual battle. It is not a natural battle. It is a spiritual battle. They were at peace for his God had given him. What? Rest on every side. Rest on every side. I'm going to sit here today. And I'm going to pray the prayer of stillness over you that from this seat of stillness, God wants to give you the greatest miracle of your life. From this quiet place, he wants to speak to you in ways he's never spoke to you before. If you need a business plan, it's right here in this seat. If you need to know what's going on in your children's life, it's troubling, it's right here in this seat. If you need to know what your future looks like, The things, the desires of your heart is right here in this seat. It's the pause. God told me three days ago, tell them, draw nigh to me, and I will draw nigh to them. You're in this room. God said this to you. He's saying, draw nigh to me. It means you're sitting. The second you take this posture, he's right here. He's right here. He's here to love you. He's here to encourage you. He's here to give you a word from His Spirit. This song is, this is how I fight my battle. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. Let's not beat the air, church. You're wearing yourself out, you're tired, you're overwhelmed. Franco, go ahead and sing that. Let's just close your eyes. and Just see yourself in this still position right where you're at. If you're at home here, you are anointed in this seat. There is power and authority in you in this pause. The enemy would want you to get busy and be active and, and just be so busy that you're not sitting to hear his voice. God says, see this posture as warfare. See this posture as peace and hope. And God, I ask in the name of Jesus that they will have ears to hear what your spirit has to say. That God, we will pause this week in your presence. Give them ears to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Give us your word, Father God. And where the enemy has come with anxiety and fear, God, of of the future or of our lives and the things that we think are never going to happen, God, we decree in the name of Jesus that they are released to you, God. We release all those cares right now. Just cast them to God in your voice and in your heart. Just say, God, I'm giving it to you. I'm giving the fear and anxiety and the overwhelmingness of the things that I can't control, God. I'm laying them at your feet today in the name of Jesus. Let's give our children, our spouses, our our businesses, the economy. God, we lay it at your feet today. And we sit in this moment, God, of power and authority, God. Strengthen us. Stir up our inner man, God. Stir up the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, Father God. That we will hear what your Spirit has to say. Just let his anointing touch you. settle our hearts, settle our minds even as Jesus stood up in the boat and he said peace be still Father I speak peace to their storms peace to their minds, all the overwhelming God, peace peace in the name of Jesus calm them God to the Lord just surrender to the Lord maybe you need to give your life to Jesus today I want to invite you at this very moment to say Jesus I'm gonna make you the Lord of my life I'm gonna make you the king of my life maybe it's hard for you to sit in that chair because you need to give your life back to Jesus today and he's calling you back home he's calling your heart surrendered back to the posture of his love and his grace and forgiveness for you And I want you today to say, Lord, I need you in my life. I need to come back home. You may not have it all figured out. Listen, we're never going to figure it all out. God just has his arms open saying, come back home. Come back to relationship with me. Come back to knowing me. And in that relationship, God's going to unveil himself in a beautiful, beautiful way. And if that's you today and you need to come back to Jesus, maybe your prodigal son or daughter, maybe you, you've not accepted Jesus before, I don't know where you're at today, but God clearly brought you here today to know Him as your Lord and as your Savior. And I want every one of us to say this prayer today like you're saying it for the first time to give the person next to you courage to say it for the first time. I want you to say, dear Jesus, I am setting at your feet. I'm learning to steal my heart. I will hear your voice, open up my ears to clearly heal you, hear your will and hear your way. Forgive me, Father, for doing my own way, my own fear, my own anxiety. I lay it at your feet today and I receive your grace to cover me. I receive the forgiveness of all of my sins. Thank you. For bringing me back home in the name of Jesus amen and amen can we give the Lord a shout this morning Woo! glory 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 such an easy message but some hard things to do isn't it but how many are gonna go home and put into practice put into practice amen you're gonna pray pause and praise and I guarantee you before next Sunday something's going to happen Amen. Go ahead and stand to your feet this morning. I love you all so much. Thank you to all the first-time guests here today. We look forward to seeing you again next Sunday. Wednesday night, we have a special gift. Pastor Ginger is sharing the Word of God on Wednesday. And she's got a really, really good message. So I just encourage you to come out Wednesday night at 7 o'clock p.m. Young adults, Friday, Saturday, I mean, Saturday night the 23rd. I can't wait to see you here, all right? Father, I thank you for this amazing morning that we've had. Send them forth with your love, your peace, your joy. And Lord, what the enemy stole from them, fill their mouth with laughter and their lips with shouts of praise that, God, you will undo everything the enemy has done in their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Listen, I love you all. Have a great week, and we'll see you soon.